Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trading for Teens. Over the course of the last few episodes, we've covered a lot of the basics of trading stocks. So now I think it's important for us to cover a different type of investment, options. We're only going to go over the basics and I'll go over the rest in a more in-depth episode later. Some of you may have heard of options, but shied away because of how complex they sound and how many different parts they have. But in this episode, I want to show you that options are not to be scared of and can be a good way to boost or protect your portfolio. So first, what is an option? An option is a contract which allows a buyer the opportunity to buy an underlying asset during a certain period of time, but it does not require the buyer to purchase the asset. Most options form an all-in-one package where you're paying a fraction of the price for a contract to 100 shares of a company, but they can also apply to other types of securities. Today, for the purposes of this episode, we're only going to talk about stock options. Like any other security, options have risk, but if you're being safe and if you understand them, these risks are not too much higher than stocks. Lastly. Options are referred to as derivatives because they derive their price from the underlying value of the stock. You may already be confused and a little bit overwhelmed, and if so, that's okay, because I'm going to give a simple analogy to a call option. So there are two types of options. There are call options and put options. First, we're going to talk about the call options. Say you're looking to buy a house and someone is building one. You go up to the builder and say that you want to be able to purchase the house for $300,000 sometime in the next three years. Now obviously the builder won't willingly do that without some form of initial payment, so he agrees to it with a down payment or a premium in option terms of $10,000. This is the price of our options contract. Now let's say three years have passed and now there's a school and a neighborhood around my house and I want to exercise my right to buy the house. I get to buy it for $300,000 even if its market value is now $500,000 with new developments. Now that I've bought the house for $300,000, I've already profited because it's worth $500,000. Now let's look at a different situation. Say in three years, the house may be built, but there's nothing around it so you don't want it anymore. In this situation, you choose not to execute your right to buy the house. By doing this, you only lose your initial down payment of $10,000, but you're not obligated to buy the house. Put option contracts are similar, only they give you the right but not the obligation to sell a stock at a certain price. This would be useful if you want to short a stock because you think it'll go down. While this is a very black and white way of looking at how a call option works, it's a great representation of their nature. But buying and holding options contracts is not the only way of profiting off options. Once you've bought an options contract, you can also sell it if it goes up in value. Let's take for example that contract that we had for the house we talked about and say it increases in value. For example, in the first year of building, there's already a school built next to our house. The premium or contract price, which was $10,000, is 
is now worth $20,000. Instead of holding the contract for another two years and spend more money to buy the house, you could sell your contract for $20,000 to another person and take 100% profit. There's another important aspect to options, which are called Greeks. Being derivatives of stocks, their prices don't directly reflect the changes in underlying stock price, as many of you may know. The Greeks are different values which tell the trader how the option price will change based on other values like time or underlying stock price. The first Greek letter is Delta. It shows how much the option price will change if the underlying stock changes by $1. If the Delta value is 0.3, then for every dollar that the stock changes, the option will go up by 30 cents or 30% of the stock price change. Remember that options are traded in chunks of 100 stocks, so you have to multiply this value by 100 to get the option contract price change. You should also remember that the delta value will change based on stock price. The next letter is theta, which represents the time decay of the options contract because they are time sensitive. Let's say you have an option with a time decay of negative 0.5. That means that all else aside, the option will decline by 50 cents every day. Note that time decay will accelerate closer to the expiration date. The third letter is gamma, which is the relationship between the underlying stock price and the delta of the option. Remember when we said the delta would change based on stock price? Well, the gamma is what determines that. For instance, if my stock has a delta of 0.5, and a gamma of 0.1, for every dollar the underlying stock changes, the delta of the option will change by 0.1. The gamma will be higher in less stable options and lower in more stable ones. The last letter is Vega. Vega is the relationship between the stock's implied volatility and the option price. Say that we had an option with a Vega of 0.1, for every 1% change in the stock price, the option value will change by 0.1. When implied volatility is higher, option value will go up because the higher volatility means higher chances for extreme values. Now this was just a very basic overview on options to go over the basic terminology and the essence of options, but we're going to go way more in depth in some later episodes. Thank you for listening. Hope you tune in next time.